Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Stephen Reyes here with my amazing and fantabulous co-host. Sean Anderson. I like fa- saying fantabulous and you like do that embody that. So oh, thank you. It, it fits that this episode is a long one. We will give you your heads up, but it it is full of passionate discussion and uh, quite frankly, I think a amazing movie. So I will give two warnings. One, have a Kleenex box. <laughs> Two, if you've seen This Is Us, imagine that show, but condensed even faster. So you're going to go for an emotional roller coaster here, but I think it's worth your time. So without further ado, we are more movies, please. Levels, levels uh, to you. Levels, levels to you, sir. And happy recording day. Happy recording day. It's one of my favorite days of the week. I really enjoy Thursdays and I guess soon to be Mondays, right? Yep. Hey, you know what? This, Anything this, that can improve a Monday is fine by me. Yeah, that's fine by me too, that we do our best to share love of movies, have good d- days of the week for you guys to hear it, to spice up those Mondays. And we have a very interesting film for you guys today that I am going to give you the warning early because I'm not holding back on these spoilers today. Because <laughs> if I were to hold back on these spoilers, we would not really be talking about the film at all. <laughs> no, we would not. And you would be a you would be doing a severe, dire disservice to our our wonderful listeners, and I, I can't stand for that. I would I would sooner quit the podcast than to do wrong by them. That is some massive dedication there, and I appreciate it. Hey, I love all of them. I love all of you people. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for listening. And now you get to hear Sean's, well, my thoughts and Sean's thoughts, but more Sean, because I'm curious to hear his reaction to the film I just made him see. Well, I'm curious to hear your reaction to the film you just made me watch. Uh, well, well, let me rephrase that, that um, I'm very anxious because I'm the reason you saw this to hear like mm-hmm. what you went through watching this. I saw this by choice when I saw the trailer. So okay. I subjected myself to it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm the reason that you had to sit through this. Not it's a bad <laughs> thing. It's just I love it when you this say it movie like that. When you is were, an emotional roller coaster, in my opinion. When you strapped me down and, and made my heart feel things. <laughs> oh oh yeah you didn't know that your house was on lockdown that if you had tried to go outside it wouldn't work oh i did not when did you do that oh gosh i you know i know you've come over here a couple of times but i thought i always had my eye on you when you were here i guess you were a lot sneakier than i gave you credit well, for you connected me to your home network and once i'm in i'm in oh damn well you know that was my mistake this is this is a good <laughs> learning moment for me yes so but about this about this movie about life itself um so this that's one, an open-ended question yes like, uh, <laughs> oh boy so let me talk to you about life the universe and everything uh so 42 <laughs> um this one was directed by dan fogelman who uh I, i'm i don't know some people may know him as the uh writer creator producer i guess of this is us along with many Love other that things show. uh i was surprised to find that he's done some pixar things he's he's done, like dude's kind of a, a good creative force in hollywood so hats off to him for all of that but i have not seen this is us and like any episode i think they've done five <laughs> se- five or six seasons they've done quite a few seasons that i have 
been pausing my watching because I wanted to have like a stockpile to binge. Oh, sure, sure. Because literally I watched season one mm-hmm. in about half a day. Half a day. Goodness. I mean, it's probably not a 22 episode season, but these are hour long episodes, right? Yeah, so I, I essentially started it one night and then stayed up all night and kept watching through through the next day. Wow, that okay. You, you know what? You may be you may be uh, uh, selling me on the show more than you had in the past if it's that engaging. Wow. Well, well, let's see how you feel about this film because it's definitely <laughs> a similar style. I wouldn't okay. say it's as intense as this. Right. Well, oh, well, maybe it is just spaced out over a season rather than a two hour window. Uh, right. Okay, that was that was my question. That was what I was getting at. Is is this my idea of this is us from talking to you about it in the past, um, from mm-hmm. you describing it a little bit? It gave me an gave me the impression that these were these episodes of this this is us TV show uh, is about like real people dealing with real heavy emotional moments in their lives, and you know sometimes stuff just piles on and. They got to deal with it. And it's, you know, it's like a dramatization of uh, the worst moments of uh, of a person's life, almost. So life itself. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's the case, then, you know, so I was looking at your notes and if you put my notes and your notes side by side, I think what you mm-hmm. would see are maybe two people coming at it with very different um mindsets or or uh yeah i guess mindsets because i wasn't really expecting it to be that heavy to be that emotionally like uh potent and to see such like tragedy in a film i oh yeah i I knew it was gonna be a drama but Mm -hmm. i didn't i wasn't in the right mindset to expect like suicide and uh, uh bus murder <laughs> and uh i don't know like cancer and and just infidelity i don't know about infidelity but like you know some like just just real heavy stuff i i think lately i've been in more of a i want to watch a comedy sort of mindset so this one blindsided me and i wasn't ready <laughs> for the emotional like low low lows that this one was giving you so it kind of hit you like a bus absolutely i was in this case olivia wilde uh just not pregnant i hope and uh, i it really hit me i came out of nowhere i was standing in the middle mm-hmm. of a street i was talking to oscar isaac which is you know my nightly who wouldn't want to dream who want to yeah who wouldn't want to be talking <laughs> to him he's awesome exactly um and then just pow a, a, a bus hits me and knocks me to the ground smashes my head into the asphalt and i just bleed out in a new york street and it really it makes me actually want to see this again when i'm not when i'm feeling a little more down i guess or or mentally ready for it because it really bummed me out man this movie really kind of it, it it's not i i I don't know. I want to know who is this? Mo- who do you feel this movie is for? Because I was feeling pretty good going into it, and it kind of bummed me out. And if I was feeling pretty sad or depressed, I think it would make it worse. So, like, who who should watch this movie? So it is definitely a delicate film for who should watch it. Mm-hmm. So as you put, if we put our notes side by side, it's going to be completely two different pers- perspectives. As you kind of described, you were more in a happy-go-lucky comedy, cheerful mood. And for me, 
I thrive on these kind of dramas. So for me, I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. This is making sense. It's motivating most other people. It would bring them down from their high. So for instance, when people are talking about that show, 13 Reasons Why. Okay. Fantastic. Uh Definitely have to be careful who watches it. Not because they're promoting certain things. Right. Because they're just covering heavy topics such as this film did. Sure, sure. But depending on what your mindset, you will take different things away from what you're watching, which is one of the points I wanted to make on this film, that all the situations in this film, some people will see it as one perspective, another one will see it as a different perspective, and it's all about where you are in life, what you're thinking, and literally just what you're focusing on, because they did a beautiful scene where Olivia Wilde is talking about how life deceives us, Mm -hmm. and they show... Two actors, I forget the other guy's name, but there's Antonio Banderas and the field worker. And she's like, hey, life deceives us. Sometimes maybe this guy is a hero and this one's the villain. Or maybe this one's the villain and which one's the hero. And it's like calling both of them a hero and a villain. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just from a perspective because the field worker, he at first when we... Thank you. Javier was first. We saw him as this sweet guy, simple, wanting to make a life loving devoted and then later on he does some actions or takes some steps that i don't agree with like i i think it was a lot of his pride which will probably we'll go in more detail on that absolutely the reason but it was kind of villainous but i don't think he was a true villain i think he was just weak and i definitely got mad at him for that because i was like hey that's kind of what my dad did just took off because he couldn't handle shit Right. Like didn't just run, didn't cheat, just was like, oh, I'm not good enough, bye bye. And but my point is, is that we see these characters, and one person can see per- somebody as doing something noble, another one can see it as doing something weak and just horrified at what they're doing. So, depending what you're feeling, will determine what you take from this. And we, we could both be watching the same film, but see two different things, which is what I want to dig into and kind of go through all these different things and kind of just go through our notes to see like at this moment, how'd you feel about that? And so forth. And it's just going to be an interesting perspective. And what I do want to start with is when we first were talking about this film and you saw Samuel Jackson credited (laughs) as Samuel Jackson, Uh (laughs) I I knew what that was. Yeah. And you were like, so confused. I, I, I didn't want to explain to him. Like, I just wanted to see that it was just literally a complete plug of we want Samuel Jackson in this film. It really was. I mean, it was worked into the film really well uh, as, mm-hmm. you know, he, Samuel L. Jackson was playing the narrator of a film that uh, Oscar Isaac's character, what was his name? Will? Yeah, yeah. Will, w- that he was writing. And I, that I think, you know, it's a little clever and it's sort of playing on, I got the, I got some sort of like echoes of uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. And I, it was, I think it kind of, it was clearly tailor-made for Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah. Because. And he even gets his motherfucker line in there when he's talking about, we, we push in, push in motherfucker. Uh, that was <laughs> and kind of wonderful. I really like that. Yeah. This film deceives us in multiple ways. That was initially, it deceived you because when you were hearing him, didn't you feel like it was kind of going to be a little bit fun, a little bit more happy-go-lucky than when it turned into? A little bit. I, I, It was kind of messing with me because I understood this movie going into it to be a drama. So mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was having like 
so much uh, like comedic fun with it at the beginning because it was sort of very like breaking the fourth wall. Like this narrator was talking to the camera operator and the dolly yeah. grip is saying, you know, like push the camera in on this person who's having this moment. Uh, and I was like, what well, this feels out of place. What the heck is happening? And then you, and you that find moment. out. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out that it, it was just uh, narration for a screenplay. I was like, ah, oh, that's, yeah. I, you know what? It, some people might find it cheesy, I guess. I thought it was clever. I thought it was neat. And I like tip my hat to Fogelman for that one. That was that was kind of cool. Yeah, that watching it a second time, there's so many little things that I picked up on. Like, for instance, the narration scene with Samuel Jackson where he's talking about, Oh, this is a hero, and the guy is on the couch with the therapist mm-hmm. and he starts talking about fantasy football. Yeah. Completely throws you for a loop because you're expecting this scene to go in one direction and then you're like what the hell is happening? And it was a simple little device, but it set up the movie of we're going to keep on doing this to you over and over and over again. It really did. Ha- it was kind of unrelenting. And maybe that's why I I finished the movie kind of just feeling drained because like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't let up there. There are some really heavy, tragic moments that happen like, well, this this movie's broken up into five chapters. And at the end of each chapter, it's like, uh, here's something else that's going to just leave you, uh, you know, broken and barren inside. And that uh, was yeah. <laughs> like Will, Will's moment, uh, Will and Abby's moment, uh, their daughter's mm. moment. Oh gosh, it was, it was, it was rough, but that's kind of getting well, ahead of things. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let, let's focus on Will and Abby for a second. Like go through the chapters, not line by line, of course, right, but, but we, we can hit the five chapters because it, yeah. it, it's tailor made for a podcast conversation about it. Exactly. So chapter one, we're seeing Will and Abby's story. Yeah. And how would you describe this couple in your opinion? Uh, you know what? It's kind of hard to because uh, to, to speak to this unreliable narrator theme that goes throughout <laughs> the film and that uh, Abby is writing like, a, I guess, her doctoral thesis about. Um, I, I, I'm assuming it's for a PhD. It might be a, for a master's. I don't know. Um, she's writing a, 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 a paper, a research study on, you know, unreliable narrators in, in literature. And that is shown sort of through the eyes of Will, who is very much an unreliable narrator. So there's a moment, you know, you see, for the most part, this very loving relationship that's just destroyed by tragedy. But then because Will is so, uh, he'd been institutionalized and is so unstable, he starts questioning that past and it makes you wonder a little bit, like, was it this loving thing or was he actually kind of smothering her like he, he feared he was? And so I, I want to believe that it was that really loving relationship. And, you know, I, I guess with a movie, I can choose to believe whatever I want to believe. So I want to believe that. But it, it does it does leave me wondering, like, did they have a good relationship? What do you think? So that's what I was going to ask you is like, which version of the story that he said do you think is true? I wanted and, it to be the happy one because the sad one was just so like controlling and mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, I don't know, um, tough to watch. So I think we all would want it to be the happy one. Uh-huh. Hands down, most people would want that and including myself. Sure. I think it was the happy one. Because of a couple of reasons. And one, the tragedy of him losing her. I think he was trying to look for something that suited the narrative of him smothering her and her leaving him. So she's still in the world. Yeah. So something that allows her to still be alive, 
but explain why she's not in his life. Right, because he, so that he would did make keep s- imagining that she just like dumped him instead of yeah. got hit by a bus. And then he never said dumped. He kept on saying a specific he kept on saying she left me. Right. Which normally you would take that as dumped, walked out, whatever. That's why. What but thought. technically yeah. if you die, you did leave. Right. So yeah. they were being they're really bending that phrase and the way they were saying stuff to make you think one thing but still not be lying they're like we're saying the truth we're just not being very specific Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um the other thing that makes me think that it was them being happy is because we saw a flashback of her life as he described her her events in her life yeah and she was kind of a badass she shot her uncle in the knee (laughs) and threatened to kill him for (laughs) molesting her oh man she went off on other people and later on we see that same firing fiery spitfireness uh-huh. or whatever oh, i like fiery you, you spitfireness see, i like that yeah that and her daughter when the daughter's man yeah. so i yeah, feel also. like abby was a brawler hmm. so she wouldn't have let will smother her like that like maybe annoy her but not to the point of where she felt trapped because she had already been trapped by one person and she literally broke out of that situation so yeah i feel it was happy and just he was trying to build a situation where it wasn't as bad as what had really happened true i i agree with that yeah i mean i i can't speak to every every relationship and they're all they all have their differences but if you're willing to and if this is a, a true recounting of her history if you're willing to shoot your uncle in the knee with a gun then mm-hmm. i think you could assume that she's not going to let herself be put into that position again and not yeah, and not to be mole- f- not that will was molesting her but to let her self be uh hurt controlled. and taken advantage of and controlled yeah yeah and she didn't even flinch after her uncle's thriving no, in pain was, and probably blood like, everywhere you, you see uh, again sort of a flashback to that and the, you didn't you don't hear what she's saying but she you didn't see her mouth and it's like you know go fuck yourself or something well, she said, go fuck yourself at the end, but right it before that line, oh, yeah, yeah. she goes near him and she's like, if you ever come near me again, I will fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's quiet, but you hear it. Uh-huh. So and then she's like, go fuck yourself afterwards. So she is, I don't think she was being controlled at all. I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, especially by Will, who, um, I don't know he, that he'd have it in him really, to be honest. I don't think he's, I, he, he clearly had a mental break. But I don't think even before or after that, he was he wasn't that sort he didn't come across to me as a sort of person who would want to manipulate somebody that he says he loves. No, and even unintentionally, he doesn't seem like he'd be that just oblivious to what's going on. Right. Yeah. Because his parents are super sweet. He was nice. And one of the things I found as an interesting contrast is normally people like they say opposites track and. Often we want to find somebody who has similar interests because it just feels more natural to be able to share stuff and not have to be so opposite sides of the pole or whatever. I would say opposites attract, but similarities sustain, I guess. I like that. But the reason I bring that up is because Abby had gone through tragedy, so she Uh was closed off and not willing to let anybody in. And Will was just like this un... like just un limited source of love that we're just pouring out right because i i love the it's in the trailer so when people watch the trailer they hear the line but when she asks him hey will are you gonna ever ask me out and he's like i'm waiting for the right moment <laughs> and then that speech that comes afterwards like i'm waiting for the right moment because there's when i ask you out it has to be perfect because there'll be nobody else you're gonna be the last person i 
ever ask out. I'm going to love you forever. Like just this whole thing. And just like both people, we creeped out, but you're like, damn, that was just like, hands down. I know that you're what I want and that's it. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a good point. That moment really stuck out to me because I think it is another one of maybe yours and I, and my difference with watching this movie and the way we are approaching Mm -hmm. it. Um, when I saw that, I was like, I could see how that would be endearing, but also that's a fuck ton of pressure to put on somebody to say like, I need to find the right time to ask you out because I'm afraid, um, that if I don't find that right time, then I'm going to be sad forever. And by extension, you are responsible for my happiness. And that's not a cool thing to put on anybody. And, you know, it went well. I think uh, Olivia, I think Abby was, you see it on her face. She she found that endearing and she was like, oh, I guess I am in the right place to want to be with you and to love you. But mm-hmm. he was right. If he didn't do it at the right time, I think she would have gone running away just screaming like, oh, this oh, person that... is too much. No, I, I completely agree with you with that, that and everybody we're, we're, throughout this episode, everybody's going to hear our different perspectives on different moments of this mm-hmm. and. Like for me, when I heard that, I saw that I was like, that's romantic. I love it that you know what you want and you're just being open. Yeah. And what you described was kind of like the, oh shit, I mean, commitment. I, yeah. I'm smothered. Like <laughs> I get where you're coming it, from too. I, I see mm-hmm. both sides of this coin. Um, And I don't know, maybe it's because I feel like in my past, I was a little bit like Will. I think I've, I had done oh. maybe not something that eloquent or extreme to somebody but i've been that way we we've all at some age been like that no matter guy girl especially in your teen years that everything's amplified Uh but it's just a matter of where you are in life to that you how you would take that moment yeah because it's just like when you're young and you see your parents just oh we're just gonna stay in on a friday night and you're like oh that's so boring and then you get older like God, this I is that nice so much. that's all i dream of every friday <laughs> like so it's, clothes it's and just, macaroni and cheese or something <laughs> damn i want macaroni and cheese right but it's just a matter of where you're coming from so that moment got me when he proposes i love that because mm. you think it's a drunken like moment because they're just at a party he's being affectionate and She's like, Will, we've only known each, only been dating for less than a year. I love his comeback. Mm. Yeah, I've been, re- been, I, and I've been, I think I've been doing great at being restrained and not asking you sooner. <laughs> and you're just like, and this is where I think Olivia Wilde is a fantastic actress because she didn't like jump back. She didn't shudder like huge, but you see in her face, like she's petrified of what was just put in front of her, like this love that, and she even says it, I don't think I am built to be loved like, that by you and her just everything in her face says it but it's so simple and yeah that i think that gives you the moment you were talking about where somebody else would be like oh my god this is overwhelming because less than a year and you say yeah i think i've waited long enough i should have asked sooner anyway sure (laughs) like that's intense it can be intense although on the other hand i feel like you know if you know you know and you see, well, that's that's what cracks me up, because you right now are saying, if you know, you know, <laughs> as in you're, you're ready to go for. It. But when he asked her out, it was the opposite reaction. Well, true. But I feel like the timing there, they, like when he proposed to her, they'd been together for a little while. And I feel like if if it's good mm-hmm. and you both feel like, hey, uh, I'm not I, I want to spend my time with this person. I've seen uh, how intense, like in Abby's case, I've seen how intense Will is. I know he's a lot sometimes. Uh, we, we've shared our darker moments and, you know, maybe we haven't known each other for years, but I think 
part of a relationship is continually discovering new things about another person. So with the proposal, I feel like, like I'm like, come on, Abby. I just like, if you're surprised by this, then that's on you with the first, like, I want to go out with you question. It's like, "Ah, I can see where she's coming from this person that I don't really know all that well. Maybe you've just been kind of friends with is like, I'm so into you. All, all I think about is you every day. That's a lot. But for the proposal, I'm like, come on, Abby, just, just get with it. And her, her line of like, I don't feel like I'm equipped to be loved that much by you. I mean, on the one hand, I understand that being loved intensely is an intense thing. You know, it's a lot of force and emotion directed right at you. But I I feel like I don't think it's fair to necessarily uh, uh, push will away or or kind of like emotionally close yourself off when it's your problem it's not will's problem he loves her a lot but it's her problem that she isn't equipped for that my feeling is like well work on yourself girl get yourself equipped for it maybe it could be fantastic yeah yeah and i think she for the most part handled it well like she kind of left him hanging at the party for right. probably a couple hours yeah but i well there was one thing at the party that really could it's kind of a side tangent. Yeah. They foreshadow a lot in this film. Like when he holds the fake gun to shoot himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that one, you, you know where that goes after watching the movie, but uh-huh. I think she handled it relatively well. Like not at first, cause he was ready for a yes. And she's like, uh, but later yeah. on she explains to him how she feels, mm-hmm. why she feels the way she feels. And like, this is what I want. Like, if I'm going to say yes, do you want this too? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And what do you think about their dog's name? Because that was part of the uh-huh. trial run. I love how she's like, well, let's get a dog first before we do anything bigger. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I think that dog name, that dog's name is, <laughs> I'm glad they named their dog that because any, any uh, name, that particular name for anything else would just be uh, cruel almost. It might be even cruel for the dog. How do you, like... You're at the dog park. You need your dog to come. What do you do? You start yelling out, hey, fuck face. Come on. We got to go well, home. I just love to see when their first vet visits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be fantastic. Um, that's the yeah. movie I want to see. <laughs> but I like, you know, Abby, after she was proposed to like that, kind of offhandedly, like it's clear it she wasn't maybe ready for that sort of a proposal. But they didn't break up then, so it it went okay for everybody. Yeah, I, I other than her saying, "Let me think about it," because she kind of just avoided the question. Yeah, she did take a moment to absorb it and then respond, which was, in my opinion, pretty quick compared to most movies. Oh, sure, most sure. movies, the girl leaves them, or whoever is being proposed to leaves them hanging for like a week or two while they try to figure it out. Which honestly, yeah. I think you either know on the spot or you just take a minute to absorb, like she did, and yeah. you're like, you know what? why am i depriving myself of this exactly yeah i feel yeah i agree if it's anything other than those two things then maybe you should reconsider the relationship really <laughs> but that's a, a different topic uh we'll talk about wah, our relationship wah, wah. podcast <laughs> um no like everything went fine with them in fact you know a little while later you see she's pregnant so everything oh, is yeah. all fine and dandy with those I, I i'm sorry before that they he they go to meet his parents but Oh uh, no no no! Well no, well kind of. Oh, so kind of. He she asked, was, "Do you want to meet my parents?" They meet. 
Yeah. Yeah. When they go visit the parents again, because they, her first meeting happens off camera. Right. And then like the one that they show, she's already pregnant, which I know it was a simple trick uh-huh. having the sheets bunched up, making it look like they were just buried in a bunch of sheets and then her popping out with this big belly. Uh-huh. But it was still nice because you didn't see it coming until she literally uncovered herself and you're like, I didn't. Yeah. damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So I, that it just, I mean, you know, his parents are maybe a little overbearing, especially his mother. Um, but, you know, the, every, I'd still be happy at those family dinners because oh sure but sure, yeah sure. I agree with you I like I, I I know her mom means or his mom means well but it's you know parents parents got a parent I guess but I I, I think everything to to go back to your earlier question I think the relationship was was pretty you know maybe intense on one side uh, more than the other but really loving and very uh, happy yeah no and, I I agree yeah. that. I just enjoyed the relationship, but unfortunately, it ends in tragedy, it is a tragedy. Which we've made the bus the bus reference multiple times. Abby gets hit by a bus which, out of nowhere. Oh god! This is where uh, it started well, going. Like like uh, my feelings about this movie. I don't want to say they started going downhill, but they started you getting can say really downhill. Be- <laughs> well, they they got very uh, complicated. I would say. Yeah. Well, we're going to give them our final opinion at the end of the episode, so we can have whatever emotions we want in the middle. Okay. But yeah, it, it definitely did get complicated, and so he gets put, he's like, this whole time, he's kind of going back and forth while he's on the shrink's couch, uh-huh. so to speak. She had a, it was a chair, but whatever. Well, she was seeing a chair. He was on a couch. <laughs> oh. I see what I want to see. <laughs> see? Perspective. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he's in the office sharing, and... One of the moments that really caught me off guard Mm -hmm. was when he explained her past and not the whole uncle thing when he explained how she was stuck in the car for an hour with her father's decapitated body. Yeah, that was rough. I mean, that'll mess with anybody. That the way he delivered it, he should have been freaking Kylo Ren, not a pilot, because it was just like so dry and dark and just simple. He just let it sit there and they actually pull the sound from the room and like moments later, he's like, yeah, that's the part that always seems to get everybody, doesn't it? Like, no matter what you say, you, you say that and then boom, like it just stops everything in the room and they stopped all the noises in the room. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought was just amazing. Just like, yep, oh, this yeah. is going to hit you like a ton of bricks, no matter who you are. Hit, hit that doctor, Annette Benning like a ton of bricks. Oof. Well, she had two. She's going to need her own therapy after that session. D- okay. I got to talk about that. That. Uh, like at that point like he he is just telling this this story i guess he just needed somebody to unload all of his history and baggage on because Mm -hmm. uh i feel like whether in the doctor's office or i don't know in his apartment shortly after like he was gonna he was going to shoot himself in the face regardless yeah that was his last day on earth uh he Mm -hmm. it just happened then because he felt wronged by the doctor because he felt that like he wasn't she wasn't really getting or, or wasn't really listening to what he was saying because she misinterpreted something, mm. I guess. Well, she misinterpreted something. And it, I don't know if he was just more of she kept on focusing on a positive thing rather than the negative thing. He's like, it could be this or this. And she picked one rather than just going acknowledging that. Yeah. I don't think he killed himself in front of her because he was pissed at her. I think, no. well, as you said, he was going to kill himself that day no matter what. Right. I think he did it there because... He was just done feeling it like he couldn't wait any longer because mm. right before he does it, he's like, Doc, I have to go. You're really nice. I'm sorry. And like 
he he's telling her you tried to be nice to me i'm sorry which now we find out why he's sorry because he was about to put her through that Mm -hmm. so i don't think he did it because she was knowing him i think he was just like i tried and i can't last anymore i'm out yeah and this happened to be right there that's fair it's massively cruel to do that to somebody else but yeah i i think your interpretation is correct on that one yeah um it was surprising i i had no idea that was going to happen and i think that was the intention clearly um oh yeah when when i was in the theater you just heard the popcorn crunching stop uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it was just like Phew. i yeah no i felt like an abetting in that moment i was like ah i know it at that point that was that was where my note at that point uh, was like what the fuck is happening in this movie because that that was kind of my words like you went uh, as you said uh-huh. me i was like oh shit they did it yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i it, it was just I, I guess i was feeling that that like uh huge surge of emotion that that will had kind of felt just sort of in the opposite direction it was like uh, can i handle this this is too much this is so much being like forced on my face and oh yeah and the film uh, had barely even started yet no that was like chapter one of five it was ridiculous (laughs) oh yeah it was definitely chapter one yeah that i i don't know i like my i think my biggest issue with chapter one is that uh i i really i kind of feel like they really wasted annette benning's talent her character Mm -hmm. was absolutely pointless like he could have been talking to a friend on in the apartment um i don't know somebody on the street like there was no depth to her character it was just i'm a psychiatrist and i need to uh help this person feel better and then she's gone like she runs out of her office and she's gone and it felt like man this is such a waste of annette bending's really incredible talent to have like i i mean you see i mean when you compare it to like the depth of character that antonia banderas had like her hers is just so uh i don't know just one dimensional and just so uh, ethereal just gone so i agree so i feel like her and both samuel jackson we didn't get to utilize their full potential of talent yeah although samuel now, L. jackson was different like that was i don't think that there needed to be depth to his character like the intention was just to be this this foul mouth narrator <laughs> oh well yeah but that, that that's the point I, I'm going to make oh, with sorry, her as well, that she, her character didn't need depth either. It was literally, she's there, There's he's talking to a therapist, this is the situation, this is how it all wraps up. And she happens to be the actress that's giving the supporting role that is short. Sure. But as you put, she has way more talent than that, well, that I'm she not... could have offered so much more. Yeah. But I think the the character that she was playing was a key part in the film, just... They could have given her something a little bit stronger to use her talents on. I like we I could agree. have put some random per- actor there, yeah, and still would have held the same thing. That's my feeling. But it was good it to see her been, face. I, I I agree. No, I agree completely. It's always nice to see Anna Benning, but it could have been that part could have been done by anybody. Yeah. So, but yeah, but then we got like to the forty daughter. minutes in. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> they just. I was just saying, forty minutes in, they reset the board. Yeah, is that forty <laughs> like, you minutes? Think in? You know, where... what was this movie? I, I, I it was only two hours, so like the first chapter took the longest. Yeah, but like when he was wrapping up, you think we're near the end if you don't if you're not watching the clock a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, chapter two. Oh shit, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> more, more, more of having to feel this. I got. I hope nobody uh-huh. else kills them, kills himself like that ugh. fortunately we didn't have to deal with anything 
like that. No. But no. you were saying about the daughter? Yeah. Then, I mean, chapter two is the the Dylan Dempsey um, story. Awesome name, by the way. It was, yeah, it was kind of really fantastic. And you get more Mandy Patinkin, which I was so happy with. You know, we were talking, just talking about Annette Benning not really having a lot to do. Mandy Patinkin, his character and role was like a breath of fresh air for me. Because I'm like, this man is a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. And they gave him oh, a yeah. good role to really chew into. I agree that I just love seeing him there. And and his presence, as you said, was calming. It's just welcome yeah. that for Dylan Dempsey, they start off like going, this kid is surrounded by death. Mother dies mm-hmm. <laughs> when the day she's born. Father offs himself. Mm-hmm. Then the, I can't remember, was it the grandma that died first or the uh, freck face? Uh, maybe fuckface actually. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, it was probably fuckface, which is hilarious. I'm sorry to say hilarious because I've I've never chuckled uh-huh. at a scene where they put down a dog, but when she's like, "I love you, fuckface," go say hi to my parents. I I chuckle because of the name, but I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah, really, really cut deep. Uh, yeah, so I agree. That- she loses so many people. <laughs> I agree. She, yeah, she lost a lot of people. She, like, that kid had a hard life. That kid had kind of her mother's mm-hmm. life, sadly. Um, Pretty much. I mean, maybe not as violently. She didn't see her parents die, but still. Uh, I also feel like she was kind of an asshole. I mean, clearly, but because she, there was a lot of death surrounding her. But the way, what I saw in this movie was there was also, like, a crazy amount of love and support in her life too mm-hmm. from her grandmother who died early unfortunately but also from yeah. her grandfather from mandy patinkin because you know he lost his son he's gonna be sad but he also was like what i forget what exactly he said to the young dylan but he's like uh we're everything's gonna be fine and he he yeah. gave her like all the love he had to give and a nice house and all the support and she still turned out to be a raging asshole and okay oh that bugged me so and I know I teenagers to, and everything, but whatever. So I want to rebuttal that later, but I want to cover some more Mandy Patinkin before I oh, yes, please. give my perspective as to why I think Dylan was more of a punk. Uh-huh. Actually, no, I don't like the word punk. I think she was misunderstood. I don't think she was an asshole to him. I think well, she was she, an asshole to a lot of other people. Yes. Okay. She was, she was uh, a, a snippy teenager to him. Yeah, because she was snippy, but she was being honest. Whenever he asked for like sugar, like kiss on a cheek, she did it. Yeah. When he did the, he's like, please tell me you're going to be home at 11. She's like, I don't want to lie to you. Lie to me. And she does like, you can tell she loves him, mm-hmm. but she didn't want to like conform to what he wanted. So she was rough around the edges, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. there's a scene later on that makes me like, at first I thought were you that she was like, oh, and this kid's just a ass. Yeah. But then there's a scene later that shows me like, no, she's just hurting, which we'll get to I mean, that. Yeah, but the the bus stop scene. I mean, yeah, I mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, but it's, uh, the other side is like, well, you got to. I want to. I want to see more of, of the uh, like uh, sensitive hurting person and less of the like I want to burn the world to the ground sort of person. But that I, that's that's usually just me through in my normal life, I guess. Yeah. Well, for her. I we see a little bit of sensitive later on and 
there's a transformation in her which is shortly lived. She stays nice later at the end of the movie. That is true. But I, I do like transform- do like like her after teenage years life. But I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Yeah. Her transformation is not. We don't get to see as much of it after it happens. True. But I do love her attitude at the club where she's playing music. <laughs> Because at first, uh, yeah, she, it's, you, it's just like I'm not taking any shit. Like, oh yeah, she's not taking shit because she opens with, "Hey, my mom died 21 years ago on this day," and somebody's being obnoxious comment. So she pauses. They say shit, and she throws the beer bottle at him. Like, as you said, not I, taking this shit. You know, I I did kind of applaud that. I'm like, this this audience member is a jerk. He needs a, a beer bottle on the face. <laughs> yeah, but that was like the first moment where I see her pain turn into anger because like she's doing this nice bob dylan song simple it's quiet it's acoustic like this isn't the environment for her to be singing this kind of thing and then goes into like heavy metal yeah Yeah, that was so i was like that gave me a little perspective i'm like all this pain all this anger is from this pain that she's pulling on it's just she's lashing out with anger rather than just being a ball in the ground yeah you know, you're right, and maybe I was being a little too harsh on her. I think it's just, I don't know, I, I was, throughout my life, I that sort of personality and that sort of uh, person just never, I, I didn't really appreciate that kind of thing. So I was like, ah, I don't want to see this. I, I especially don't want to see a teenager. Teenagers are the worst. So, you know, <laughs> you're right. She does grow up and she does develop into a better person. Um, I think it's, I think this, the, the catalyst for her growing into a better person this this young boy uh, that she meets in this the insane insane coincidence uh happens to uh, or it it makes her a better person and i appreciate that but before all that so, it's just like oh god teenagers uh. so i will give a slightly different opinion on that that i i do agree with you that when her future husband shows up with one that coincidence of where they're meeting yeesh i like but that was the only thing in this movie where i'm like mm-hmm. if that had happened earlier in this movie i'd be like i would have had to text you and say steven i need to stop this this is this is a little too much but go ahead <laughs> yeah well i don't think he made her a better person i think that he helped her to stop feeling pain oh, okay because she finally found something that she could love that wasn't going to die on her because like when she's well, sitting on the she, bus how stop, could you know that how does anybody know that i might die tomorrow well that's not this be careful what you say i mean i don't want to but that's the that's the point that's the whole thing with death is it it can happen whenever i know but you were saying like it, he made her a better person i i was thinking that at least from what i how i took it that his presence was just giving her love that she finally accepted rather than just soaking in all the loss that she had she finally was able to focus on something that she gained because like when she's sitting on the bus stop and she's like she fell asleep and she's dreaming of the day her mom died Mm -hmm. she's seen the scene that we saw where they're talking and uh abby's telling will hey you can have a daughter in three weeks actually mom no he's gonna blow his brains up before he ever meets me and she's the abby steps out in the street Mm -hmm. and dylan's like hey lady you want to look to your right i'm like man this kid's being really angsty and then you see that moment of mom like the tears in her eyes like mom mom, mom. like you just see like it's just she wants them in her life that all that hate she was spewing was literally pain i think the presence of her future husband was finally somebody who could help her wash those feelings away not change her because she was loving to mandy patinkin it's just she was a pain in the ass she was i mean i i get i get the relationship with mandy patinkin is you know 
I understand how it would be different because he's an adult. Like, well, what teenager is going to want to listen to an older adult? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, somebody uh, more, somebody who's more of her peer and somebody that she is uh, romantically interested in is going to have more, uh, I don't know, more of an effect on her, I suppose. Some Somebody should be willing to listen to more that. Yeah. I, I get what you, you were saying, like, oh, I don't want to deal with people like that when I was younger. Like when I was younger and I saw people just going crazy like that. I, it's funny cause I had a slightly different perspective. Like I was mad at them for like, why are you guys lashing out when you have like two parents, you live in this nice house. Like mm-hmm. you have all this stuff that I don't have. Yeah. Why are you being a dick? And then it took me a minute to realize like, well, wait, if they're angry, just cause they have stuff that I want, doesn't mean there's something that they want that they don't have to see that just, there's probably a reason why they're acting the way they are, or at least find out why, why, or at least find out why mm-hmm. they relate or connect to these actions. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. if I don't agree with those environments. I agree. And again, I, I, like I said, I do feel like maybe I'm coming down too hard on her. Uh, I don't want to discount anybody's pain. I think pain is pain. And just because mm-hmm. um, I might have a different life experience than somebody else or I'm older than somebody else doesn't discount what anybody else is feeling. You know, if you're if you're feeling hurt, then there's probably a legitimate reason for that. And that's worth um, considering and caring for and, and feeling compassion for. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just again, it was it was I went into this with the wrong mindset. I went into it sort of especially after Will killed himself and shocked me. I was like, what the hell is mm-hmm. what the hell is this movie trying to do to me? I was a little combative with some of the moments, um, which is why I was very grateful for the Antonio Banderas part because that chapter favorite chapter of the movie that was amazing i really like that part and uh, i i want to talk about that before we hit an hour of recording um oh well, well fortunately we're hitting chapter three and the last three chapters kind of speed through especially chapter five they're almost the same chapter five was just like yeah, boom. It, was, it was an epilogue really uh yeah so no chapter three and four are basically the same chapter i guess mm-hmm. um <clears throat> excuse me uh chapter three is fantastic I knew Antonio Banderas was in this going into it. So I was like, oh, okay. This movie has some real good star talent attached to it. And it's probably, I'm probably going to see some great performances. And I really did with Antonio Banderas. I think his performance was, uh, had a crazy amount of depth to it. And he like is just went, especially in this movie, whenever he's on screen, he is exactly where my eyes go to. He's just got this such, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but such a magnetic presence. I'm like, I want to listen to his, like the story he told to uh, Javier Mm -hmm. about his, his own youth and his own past was just, I was transfixed the entire time. I'm like, I want to listen to you read the phone book as they say, (laughs) cause yeah, no, that he has just this intoxicating personality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I could be watching the mask of Zorro or even oh, something else that he wasn't at oh yeah the 13th warrior oh yeah and he's just i i made you watch that i believe uh and i i saw i've oh. seen it i saw it when i came in theaters but we haven't watched it oh yeah there was probably somebody else but still like it's just his personality draws you in that you want to hear what he's saying yes yeah and so the dynamic between him and his employee was a little complicated at first i was annoyed with the employee because man this guy is like really trying to open up to you trying to connect with you and you're just like saying no 
which that, later on I understand. Yeah. But at first I was just like, uh, you could put restrictions, but dude, this is a great opportunity, man. No, that, that first interaction, he Javier mm-hmm. came off as just really self-righteous and kind of high and mighty because uh, Antonio Banderas, Mr. Saccioni, I guess, um, mm-hmm. like recounted this whole story and told him how he became wealthy. And, you know, it was because his father died and he inherited the his money because his father didn't have a will. Um, and Javier's reaction to all that was like, uh, I'm different from you because, you know, I wouldn't have taken the father's money. And I was like, dude, get off your high horse. I, You know what? Mm-hmm. It's not like Antonio Banderas stole it. And it's not like Antonio Banderas, from what I could tell from his story, was like conniving to to like i don't know hurt his father or to take advantage of him he just happened to come into wealth i'm like yeah come on guy you know what good for you for being all you know a a perfect angel but that doesn't mean antonio banderas is a bad person but like you said he he he, you you get to know javier a little bit more and he his uh, uh he he becomes more human i think instead of this person who wants to believe he's better than everybody yeah but it, it was just interesting, those first two, because that yeah. gives like a perfect example of one seems very nice and humble and one seems like the boss. And they just kind of flip back and forth between mm-hmm. not good and bad, just more of like who's going to be the better support and the bigger man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think I think Antonio or I think Javier started off as the better man. But then that, like you say, that switched entirely when at the beginning, when we started talking about this and alluded to this point in the movie, you said Mm -hmm. um, it was Javier's pride that sort of made him want to go away. But I think it was a a jealous, I think it was jealousy and a lack of self-confidence. Yeah, it wasn't really pride because if it was pride, I think he would have said like, you know, get out of here, boss. This is my family and I take care of this family. I, I know I agree with you. Your description is a lot better. Cause for me, when I saw it as pride, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't handle well, this. That's not pride. Not that's 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 just like I like he doesn't think anything of himself. Oh yeah, well yeah, that I was using the wrong description oh, okay. for what I was perceiving. I see. I see. Yeah. So that um, no, I I get that. Like you you're completely right. That pride would have been telling him to get the hell out, which he kind of. Well, no, he really didn't do like he kicked him out once and it wasn't until it, but the the weird power dynamic just messed with it. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't until his son needed help. And the wife was like, we need to ask for help that he actually put his uh, this time. I'm probably right with the word pride, his side to actually go ask for help. Absolutely. Like he like his son could have been helped so much sooner, but he was just like, no, I I'm I'm not going to ask this this wealthy person for money. We can do it ourselves. We've we've pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. We don't need anybody yeah. else. Well, it's funny because like anything that was outside of his means, mm-hmm. he didn't want the family to strive for. Which I get. He's it was a simple man. Simple man. Yeah. But just because you want to live within a specific range of income or just lifestyle doesn't mean you have to force it on your family that you work together. Cause even when he's leaving, he tells the wife, I'm going to go, you deserve this. You deserve more. And she's like, I, I just wanted somebody who I wanted you. I chose you. Mm-hmm. You smile with your eyes. Like I want you telling him like, it doesn't matter what he's offering. I'm choosing you. Yeah. I, I, I agree with her there. Like he, mm-hmm. 
he was making that decision for her. It was upsetting to watch. Yeah, and I get the how he was jealous because Antonio Banderas' character was essentially had fallen in love with Javier's wife, mm-hmm. never did anything with her that we saw. No, he was a really decent person, I think. Yeah, and that fell in love with the kid. Like He wanted a family of his own, and I feel like when he was saying, I'll leave your family alone, your son's doing better, I don't have, you guys don't need my help anymore, yeah. that if Javier had sat down with him and it's just like, why do you want them? Like, just tell me, and he explained... Like, well, he told the wife, like, my upbringing left me not capable of finding the stuff I want. Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing I'm using you guys to fill that void. Yeah. If he had told Javier that and Javier could have put his um, insecurity aside, he could have been like, why don't we do this fa- as a family together? But you are only the uncle and nothing more kind of thing. Like, he could have just yeah. been an extension of the family because, yeah, he probably was attracted to the wife, but he just wanted the connection of a family. And I feel like for this might sound funky they could have shared as males taking care of the family just sure. not as dirty as that sounds sure sure i mean it's it, that was kind of how it was going a little bit but javier mm-hmm. is uh, again his pride in this case was getting in the way Aha, thank you and he was like uh you know if we need, if we ever need, need to talk about work we'll do it outside of the house and take your your gift of this globe away from my child i was like Ugh. Antonio, his Satriani's character was like, he made it clear, like he would never, he, he said he was never going to do anything because, you know, because he respected that relationship and he respected his employee. And it was all mm-hmm. really Javier who was just like, you know, I hear you, but you still scare me. I still am not confident enough in, in myself and in my relationship with my wife and my family to understand that i'm okay i just need to step up and and eat my pride a little bit and ask for help sometimes and really it 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 was it was really all javier's fault in a lot of ways because it could have been better because when he first was offered that job of foreman he was also offered Mm -hmm. a pay raise and he said no raise i'll take the house but i won't take any extra money i'm like Dude, a lot of this could what have been a lot hell? easier on you if you had just accepted the generosity of somebody who wanted to help provide for your family and make your life easier. And at the time, he didn't even have a family. So I I, I believe, and I could be wrong because we don't know all the d- details just from what we saw, but mm-hmm. I believe the pay raise wasn't like, oh, you're having a hard time. Let me help you out. It was more of, yeah. I believe you can do this job. You bring something to the table. I want to value that. So this is what yeah. I'm offering because this is what I want. It was fair compensation. Mm-hmm. And he should have taken it. I don't know. I don't know what reason besides a pride. I think. I don't, I don't, no, it was. I, I don't know what I would have taken it. I would have too. It was pride. You know, earlier, like just before that, he said, "Like it, I'm not like you because I wouldn't have taken your father's money." So he mm-hmm. think I, I feel like Javier feels that he he may not have Satchione's money, but he feels he's a better person because of this idea of like I'm better because I didn't take my father's money. So because I keep everything simple. Uh, yeah, or whatever it was. It was like I I don't know. And that was what led him to say no to that pay raise because he felt like it was stolen money and he can provide for his family on his own. He doesn't need anything from anybody else, unlike Sacchioni. And it was yeah. again, it was, you know, I I think 
pride drove Javier's life, like you said, until that moment when he left. Then it wasn't pride. Then it was just him feeling sorry for himself. And neither one of those qualities are, in my opinion, very respectable. No, I, I agree. So this this fi- film, this whole film gets emotions that brought out on anybody. Mm. That chapter three, when we're showing this family, forget the fact that I can have a similar cultural background with them. Sure. The father walking out pissed me off, especially for the reasons that could, he didn't have to. There was no reason he had to leave, especially to go so far and like have no, no connection with the family. Yeah, like he, was, so he that, was gone for years, it seemed, right? Like a different town or something. Yeah. But um, it just drove me nuts that he left. Mm-hmm. And this whole story arc that hit home then when the mother got sick i had both mom my mom and my sister go through cancer so seeing that was just like this movie's fucking hitting me <laughs> yeah. hard like you saw my note i literally just said fuck cancer right yeah, yeah like I it's agree. a war that nobody walks away from without some kind of scar mm-hmm. if you even walk away from it yeah yeah so that 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 was just the emotional thing which Produced a lovely kid in that chapter. Oh yeah, well, Rigo, mm-hmm. I think Rico, Rigo, like I think it was Rico. That kid was yeah. awesome. I really liked him and went through some really tough uh, moments himself. He, <laughs> here's the insane coincidence of the film. He was in the bus that killed Abby, and he witnessed it, and that's why uh, he was having trouble. He kind of caused it. <laughs> yeah, he kind of caused it uh, by distracting well, the bus it, driver. It was combined because Abby walked out into the street and wasn't paying attention, like looking both ways. Yeah. The kid was distracting the bus driver, which didn't allow him to brake soon. So it was a just a bad set of dominoes falling. It really was. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, he he started having like night terrors. He was dealing. He had difficulty dealing with it. He had PTSD, essentially. And oh, yeah. And and like was the reason why his father had to go and ask for money and for assistance for his family like i can see why this kid I, i'm a little surprised this kid isn't he didn't grow into uh that rebellious teenager like a uh, uh what was it dylan was uh he he ended up being uh, i don't know a little bit more i don't want to say normal he he wasn't so he wasn't so rebellious he wasn't so angry he wasn't so angry that i think him growing up in such like a lovely land nature mm. has a calming effect just on its own also he he but did his still mo- have his parents too <laughs> Yeah, he had his parents that he had a loving uncle, which was an extra bonus that took care of all the fun, so they never wanted. He had his mom, who was super sweet, a beautiful area to play in. So not to say that that you can't be depressed there, but it definitely helped him to be a pleasant person. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) uh, your environment really does a lot in your upbringing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially if you're like sleep, sleeping on your edge like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do one more side tangent i've seen videos of people making jokes like hey when you grow up in a nice neighborhood and you hear gunshots the people drop to the floor and are like hiding uh-huh. and you're like when you grow when you grew up in the hood and you hear gunshots and they just slide to the floor and keep watching the television <laughs> without even like freaking out <laughs> it's like when something's second nature yeah yeah <laughs> That cracks me up, which is completely unrelated, (laughs) especially that April Fool's joke, which I know you want to cover. Dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. I like that. uh, 
you know, we call, I, I called, uh, you know, I'm going to amend, I want to now amend my earlier statement about Dylan being an asshole. Sherry mm-hmm. was such an so asshole. <laughs> that was, she was the worst. <sighs> like, I mean, I, I don't think she, I don't even know what the intention there was. I, I know it was like April Fool's or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. if, if, you are deluded or dumb enough to think that's funny then something was wrong man okay thank you so i was looking for a word to describe her and you know what i will call her an asshole Uh i don't think she was but i'm gonna call her that anyway because an asshole act i would say yes but she was definitely deluded because she was like in her own bubble like you've never been to whole foods i'm gonna take you like (laughs) you poor thing it's kind of that that reaction was like if you hear a kid like is 12 like i've never been to disneyland you're like oh yeah even though disneyland's overcrowded and whatever but anyway yeah now it it, she she tells she says that her parents are wealthy like she comes from money so i get the Mm -hmm. impression that like she's never had to really deal with consequences and whatever (laughs) she had done in the past would just be forgiven or could be paid away and so <laughs> not this one not this one <laughs> absolutely not because right after she says it's an april fool's joke you know uh rico is like sorry done i'm out we're we're over well, like she, she, she even noticed it she's like she's like wait are you about to break up with me uh-huh. and i like how not any hesitation or like trying to sugarcoat it like yeah yeah i mean he like, yeah i am yeah. he'd been considering <laughs> like, it bam. before then but man that that broke the camel's back big time on this uh, this time uh, you know what? good oh, yeah. for him good for him for sticking up for himself and saying like this isn't okay how why would you think that's an, uh, an okay joke to make it's not a joke so oh god that was that was that was awful oh uh, that oh that was just intense yeah but hey you so, know what and- it, it it allows him to be available to meet dylan and for a relationship yeah, w- to bloom which is nice and I'm glad that he got rid of the girlfriend before he got the call that his mom passed. Cause yeah. who knows if he had, would have put up with her just to have somebody around. I mean, she probably would have insisted on going back home with him to, to, to be there for him, which is not that or annoyed him wanted. to the point that he would dump her anyway, but it was just good timing. Yeah. 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 Well, so to speak. I'm sure. Yeah. So now his mother died. She, she had cancer. Ugh and mm-hmm. that was sad um although i i he he knew she had cancer so it wasn't a surprise but it was still like it, it guts it you still it, no hurt. matter what it yeah. hurts um and mm-hmm. what do you think of the i know you had made a notes about the mother and son flashback where they switched to english but before <laughs> we address that that's just a, an aside i guess i did that was a production note i guess yeah uh, well, when she s- says, don't call him, we've already said goodbye already. Uh-huh. What do you think of that? Because, yes, they had said their goodbyes with the expectation of she might pass before he visits again. Mm-hmm. But she made the choice of not having one last moment with him so she wouldn't have to hurt him until it was necessary. Yeah. What do you think of that decision? Um, I don't know if I would do that, but I understand where she's coming from. I, I mm-hmm. can see why she would feel that way. She like it's it's her son she she doesn't want even in her last moments she doesn't want to hurt her son like any good mother would want so it's i mean if i was rico i would probably if i found out about that i would probably be upset for a little while because that's something to be upset about as as a child because you know it would hurt yeah but like 
you know, if you've ever lost somebody, you know, like you would give anything to have one last moment with them, even if it hurts like hell. So yeah. uh, I I could see it going either way. I don't disagree or agree with it. It's it's just how she felt at that moment. Yeah, uh, uh, agreed that it was just it's a, it's a heavy decision she made. And mm-hmm. I don't think you can say it was right or wrong. It was just what she wanted to do. No, I, I would say it was, a, it was a motherly decision, I suppose. And yeah, his can, reaction never, is just a son reaction. Yeah. And you can never tell the mother they're wrong, even if they are. <laughs> even if they are. No, I'm not right. <laughs> yeah. So men out there learn. Wives are correct. Mothers are correct. You have a happier life. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that brings me to another video I saw where somebody was writing like, a daughter becomes a daughter-in-law, a son becomes a son-in-law, and like just going through those whole lists, mm-hmm. and then it says, a wife, dot, 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 is the law. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, smart man, very smart. <laughs> but so he loses the mother, runs into Dylan, who's eating PB&J, which kind of goes back to her grandparents. Right, yeah. I love that moment. That's pretty nice, yeah. And then we loop into kind of their life through their child's life. I mean, it was the last, like, I don't know, five minutes of the movie. So they were like, Mm -hmm. let's wrap things up. And you don't really get to see too much of their uh, relationship, which is kind of sad because it looked like they had a really happy relationship, which I guess isn't allowed in a movie that's the saddest movie ever. You can't have happiness. Well, I think it was a lot. I think what it was. Well, you know what? Before I do that. Mm -hmm. What did you take away from this movie? Because I know we still have a couple more things, but from this movie, what did you take away from it? Uh, appreciate all the moments you have with people because um, those moments, you never know how many moments you have with somebody. Yeah, I, I agree that for me, I had a couple things that I, it's kind of hard to take something away from it from this movie because there were so many messages they were giving you which essentially life is complicated so you can't define it you can say these are the moments that meant something to me but what i took away from that speed rush of happiness at the end Mm. was that they were showing life is worth living and you can always find love if you continue like you continue to endure that you may endure all this yeah but there's always love in there that you just have to wait for and find and be willing to accept when it finally shows up because Dylan, we see her as she's growing up pretty much in black the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the one time, like we see her with Javier, she's wearing a white dress, not a wedding dress, like just light colors out in the sun with her child sleeping on her. And I love that her child says like, when my parents met, they met at the bus stop, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And from the night they met, for the next 42 years, they never spent a night apart. I was just like, damn, which yeah. gives you the point of what you said when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was really sweet. I like that moment. And I think that speed rush of love at the end, mm-hmm. even though it was short compared to the rest of the movie, was probably more powerful than all of the negative. I hope so. I, I, I'm hoping love and, and positivity outweighs negativity and, and pain and death. Otherwise, you are just going to be Will. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have mental break. You're going to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, life's going to be a struggle. I don't want that for anybody. Not at all. That um, As for my audio point, the film, I think, always had a score for the most part going on with the exception of like two moments. And I could have missed stuff because I was just so intoxicated by 
the dialogue and the story happening mm-hmm. by like Will in the office talking about Abby's car crash. And then when Rico and his mother are having their final conversation, you hear nothing but them talking you even hear them breathing because everything else has just shut down because this is the only moment that's in reality for them. And yeah. I thought that was just fantastic how they did that. It was a very nice moment. It was a very sweet uh, uh, moment between the mother and son. Yeah. My 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 point aside, I think it was it was a sweet moment. Yeah, I agree with your point though because the whole time they were talking Spanish and then all of a sudden it's English. I don't understand that. It just felt like uh, if if I was a native Spanish speaker and I saw that, I would be a little upset because I'm like, uh, what 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 it was it? So um, it was uh, what the the grandchild, like Dylan and Rico's child, sort of recounting this last moment, I guess, in in her book. Yeah, and she says, you know, Isabel, the mother, uh, Rico's mother, her words need no translation. So she spoke in English, which was not her native language. So she had to translate her own words. And it just felt like a uh, kind of dumb. It was like, let's say this in English, which is how I, I guess most of the audience is going to be uh, an English speaker. Mm. It just, I don't know. It was just wildly uh made a wild assumption that you know uh the the, yeah, the one it, it proper kind of, language is english instead of their native language yeah it kind of bugged me because if so much of that chapter three had translations yeah. then why couldn't that last moment be in spanish and just have the translation that more to me because it was his mother speaking in the language that her son grew up with and it was the language she knows i don't know it was just uh, again that was i think just a well, kind of a mistake in the writing of the screenplay I think, and this might have just added too much uh-huh. scene, like they could have had the moment, like have him have a flashback when he gets a phone call of what she's saying in Spanish, but no translations for us. And then later when the child is talking, recounting that uh, scene, then we get in English. So we finally know what was said for the people who didn't know Spanish. Because it'd be like, wait, what did they say? They didn't give us translation. And then later we get it in that, English. That could have been, that would have been nice. Yeah. I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. And then, because it's just like hints like this is important, but you don't get right. it yet. Yeah, yeah. Unless you speak Spanish, then you just got it <laughs> early. Right. But now, the- which most of us in California probably do. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I should, but you know, I, I, I only had two years of high school Spanish. But regardless, that was a nice moment. I, I like that moment. I like that moment. And I liked the, the uh, speech that closed the film from uh, what the daughter. I don't know if they were, there was a name for the daughter, but Rico and Dylan's daughter. I liked her speech at the end. Yeah, it was very nice because normally and she was doing like a book reading. And normally when you're at a book reading, you have somebody just like selling their book, reading a chapter out of it. And it's a story that they're endorsing and it's fine. But I don't think I've ever been to a book reading where that a person was that passionate about what they were talking about, like subject wise. Like maybe that into the story they created, but not like the emotions that they're trying to convey to everybody else through their words. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was very, yeah, it was very personal and had a lot of emotion to it. I liked it. So speaking of personal and emotions, how do you feel this film would be for our audience in general, our typical rent (laughs) buy or don't even fucking watch it? uh, I think the most important thing with that consideration is understanding what this movie is. Mm -hmm. If you go into it like me expecting a drama, but not expecting so much like pain and death and sadness and and like heavy heavy emotion if you go into it expecting anything but that then you may not have a great time you may not feel like like 
it will just be a barrage on you, like so much sadness all the time for two hours. And that's a lot to take. So if you know that going into it and can prepare yourself for some really heavy moments, I think you'll do pretty okay with this movie. And I would call it at least a rental. Although it's on Prime. If you have Prime, then give it a watch. You don't even have to rent it. You don't have to pay extra money to watch it. So that's a good opportunity for you. Um, I think if you're like you, who who knew that going into it or or was okay with that, or I don't know, was in a different mindset, then it may you may approach it a little differently and it may be it may be a, a more of a buy in that case. Yeah, that fortunately it's on Prime, so if you as you said, if you have Prime, you can just watch it. That, as I always say, watch the trailer. That'll give you a major hint as to whether this is going to even treat yeah. you at all. That rental, if you have to one day rent it, like if they take it off Prime, I would recommend renting it. Take Sean's warning of, know that it's going to be a heavy watch. And for some of you, it might just be sad. For other ones, for me, I kind of took it as, even the first time, all this pain and suffering was happening. But I was connecting to different people through the pain they were going through, like, I can relate to you and this is helping people like helping us all around the world realize we're all together in this crazy thing called life. And I know I stole that sentence from somewhere. I don't know where, but it just fits. It's crazy. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just life itself, you know, no, delete that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you, you threw a pun in. I'm keeping okay. it. No, it, yeah. I mean, if if the heavy emotions and the story doesn't really gel with you, then watch it for the performances because they're all really great. So mm-hmm. yeah, I it, yeah no, I I agree. I'll echo you. Like with every movie we watch, at least watch the trailer, and I always include a link to the trailer in the show notes. So watch that first. Yeah, but then you know, you do you after that. I think what was it? Was it Shark the Puss <laughs> that I said? You guys can just watch the trailer and yeah. you're good to go, or was yeah, it something probably else? Probably Shark I mean, there's not. There's yep. not a lot of uh, like depth in that story. <laughs> there aren't layers yeah, there. No. So it's rare that I'll I will say if you watch the trailer, you've watched the movie and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now this one, uh, the tra- the trailer really. How can you you can't really give away all of the 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 pain and sadness in a two minute trailer that this movie has. <laughs> no, no. The trailer is surprisingly cheerful. That it hints to like a complicated story. But the depths, uh, the depth of suffering that the characters go through is not in the trailer Maybe whatsoever. Maybe that's what was messing with me because I saw the trailer. I think I either we watched it together or I saw it some other time. And I was like, okay, you know, it's going to be a dramatic, but nothing too bad. And it was not the trailer. <laughs> it wasn't a deceptive trailer. It's just like you don't have enough time to show everything in the trailer. So it, there was just a lot more than what I was expecting. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> so i will say this is i've been in one of our longer recordings and i don't think there's gonna be really any cutting because we just really talked about this film all right so uh as we wrap this up i want to say thank you for listening everybody thank you for sticking uh with us through uh if not our longest episode ever i that might be hamilton i don't know or no 25th hour was a long one too uh one of those it, uh, this one's definitely it, long it's gonna it's be it's gonna there. be like top three long ones so far um so thank you for sticking through with us with it i think uh it was um a, a polarizing movie but uh, garnered a good conversation so uh i had a great time i hope you had a great time and 
Thanks again. We can't wait to talk to you about a new movie next week. So tune in again and watch that movie. Listen to this podcast. And while you're listening, hey, give us a rating or a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and I don't know, send us a message. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, give us whatever you want on either of those pages. So until next time, I've been Sean Anderson here with my amazing co-host, Stephen Reyes. And you've been listening to more movies, please. please.